Today's show is brought to you by the folks over at Anchor. Want to learn how to start your own podcast like we did? Then stick around for more information on Anchor later. Welcome one and all. You are, of course, listening to the Modern Fedora Podcast. My name is Dominic Meyer. And I'm Noah Hernandez. And I'm Jaden Gleason. We're your hosts here to guide you through the maze of chaos that is podcasting. Hopefully you all hang on for the whole ride because today is going to be quite an interesting episode. Yes, it for sure will be. Do you ever see something crazy and think, what are the odds of that happening? Or... You are walking out when it starts to rain and you think, what are the odds of me getting absolutely barbecued by lightning right now? Or maybe, what are the odds that you clicked on this episode? Or what are the odds that we are talking about what the odds are? That sounds like a lot of math. I'm curious about the last one. If somebody figures that out, let us know. In all seriousness, though. We're going to be answering some of those questions in today's show. Yep. The subject today is what are the odds? So we're going to talk about the actual statistics of something happening that we all probably wonder about from time to time. We'll talk about some crazy stories from people beating the odds. And then we'll talk about some nonsensical things that happen once in a lifetime. Maybe some that have happened to one of you. So a full schedule. Let's get started. Okay, getting started right off, let's talk about the chances of some totally random events happening. You know, just in case you're curious. I'm always curious. Maybe you should start then. Okay. So, have you ever been worried you'll get struck by lightning? Maybe it's because of what our parents or grandparents warn us of. Or when we hear not to stand under a tree during a storm or whatever it might be. However, the actual chances of getting struck by lightning in your entire lifetime is 1 in 15,300. Wow, that's pretty slim. Yeah, I had an idea that it was something that was pretty rare to actually happen, but hearing the actual numbers is impressive. Yeah, I mean, especially when you see people outside. Uh, during thunderstorms doing stuff i've seen people on tractors in the middle of a field during a thunderstorm and i'm always thinking wow somebody's gonna die but maybe not yep just go out on ahead and enjoy your thunderstorm and hope that you aren't the one in fifteen thousand three hundred. that'd be a bummer okay i think one of the accidents that people think of the most are plane crashes some people are so terrified by this prospect that they refuse to fly and even if you do fly it's probably something that's somewhere in the back of your mind true i mean you are zooming through the sky in a giant metal bird yeah it's not disconcerting at all anywho the odds of you actually being killed in an airplane crash is only one in 11 million 
Whoa. Yeah. To put this one into perspective, because like I said, it's a really common fear. The odds of you as an average person, as us three hosts, winning the Olympics is one in 662,000 compared to the plane crash, which has one in 11 million. We're more likely to go out and win the Olympics. So you're saying I have a chance. You have, <laughs> you have a chance. <laughs> yeah, I have no talent and no skill, but I could win the Olympics <laughs> before you die in an airplane crash. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's really huge. So while airplane crashes do happen, the chances of you being in one and dying are so slim. All right. Do you agree that tornadoes are pretty scary? I do. I mean, they're so unpredictable. I mean, the one minute you're in a storm, the next thing you know, a giant basically death tube has consumed your town. Yeah, I'm so glad I don't live in a tornado area. Me too. And they're very intimidating. So I was interested to learn that the chances of you dying from a tornado are 1 in 13 million. Holy guacamole. I mean, the odds may vary a little depending on where you live, but still, 1 in 13 million? That's nuts. So, what are the odds, you think, of getting killed in a plane crash that got sucked into a tornado? On your way to the Olympics. <laughs> On your way to the Olympics. <laughs> um, I think that would... Increase the (laughs) (laughs) You scientists tell us this is a pressing matter. Yeah. I mean, I feel a lot better now, especially now that I know you're more likely to die in a plane crash than actually in a tornado, which is very interesting. I mean, tornadoes are definitely more common. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it probably helps if you take the necessary precautions. Like, if you stood in a field in the direct path of a tornado, <laughs> your chances are probably going down. I mean, I think that you should <laughs> go ahead, stand in a field with a tornado and be like, <laughs> the odds say. <laughs> you know what science is. you. <laughs> you beat the odds. <laughs> Don't actually do that. That was, I will no. survive. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> that don't, person don't is challenge. the one in 13 million. Yeah. Don't <laughs> challenge tornadoes to a duel. You will <laughs> lose. <laughs> don't look them in the eye. <laughs> wow. Right. Well, I mean, if you're not doing that, not standing in a field with a tornado, overall daily life, you should be pretty good. Yes, hopefully. I mean, speaking of uh, of chances and standing in the middle of a of a path of a, a tornado, but we all know the chances of winning the lottery are hilarious with how slim they are. Yeah, I mean, people use winning the lottery as an example for something that will never happen. Exactly. So, do you want to know the actual odds of winning the lottery? Yeah. So. The odds of winning the jackpot in Powerball are 1 in 292.2 million. And the odds of winning the jackpot in Mega Millions are, ironically, 1 in 302.6 million. Wow. So, 
the odds of winning Mega Millions are in the Mega Millions. <laughs> you're you're literally more likely to die in a airplane tornado. Many times. <laughs> <laughs> Many times over. You're multiply dead. Multiply dead. Imagine a tornado that's got airplanes in it, though. Sharknado. Maybe <laughs> airplane NATO. Plane NATO. Oh, man. Yeah. Who would have thought, though, that... I mean, it seems pretty obvious. I guess they're not going to give Mega Millions away to just anybody. Yeah. I feel like one in 302.6 million, though, I feel like that's a little rude because if you're... If you're dying in an airplane crash or in a tornado, I think you kind of deserve the Mega Millions. <laughs> like, I think we should lower lower the rates a little bit. I agree. Yeah. I don't know. Just me. Okay. <clears throat> so this next one actually answers some childhood frustration for me. Were either of you able to find many four-leaf clovers when you were young? Never found one. I never found one either, and I would look all the time. I'm still looking Man. as an adult. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> See, yes, I personally was never able to find any. Maybe it's because I'm garbage at looking for things. Or maybe it's because the odds of a clover having four leaves is one in 10,000 clovers. Wow. That gives me a whole new perspective for finding one. I agree. How do people even find them then? I don't know. I With those odds, I would think it's a life search because it sounds like for us so far it has been a life search. But in 2019, Gabriella Gerhardt collected 451 four-leaf clovers in one hour, setting a Guinness World Record. Wow. Well, <laughs> good for her, I guess. Where would, like, just where was she from? Like, I was she from Ireland? I believe it was... was I think it was Wisconsin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it does sound like Ireland, though. <laughs> I feel like maybe the odds are better at, to find four-leaf clovers in Ireland. That's, like, totally... There's no fact supporting that opinion at all. <laughs> but I feel like it is. May the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> I mean, they probably sell them at gift shops. Stupid <laughs> tourists like us. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. All right, so I have a question for you both. Who likes the SAT? Nope. Gross. I concur. As annoying as the SAT is, it's also very difficult to get a perfect score. We don't have precise numbers, but in 2020, just 7% of 2.2 million test takers got a perfect score. Yikes. I guess I'm not in that 7%. <laughs> Neither am I. I mean, I always knew that it was hard, and I always tried to get a perfect score, obviously, and I thought maybe I was close, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty rude of them if you ask me. How do they make us struggle? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I agree. Um, so something that I worry about, other than SAT scores... <laughs> um, but I think that this thing is a, something a lot of people worry about is shark attacks when you're, you know, at the ocean. You know, right. I generally, I love the beach and the ocean and everything about the beach, but sharks are scary, man. Like, and getting attacked uh, by a shark, though, when I, when I read this actually, like, made me feel a little bit better. But the attack rate of 
of a shark is one in seven million. Wow. Yeah, I actually knew this because I enjoy watching shark shows, you know, watching sharks from a distance. And yeah, sharks are pretty misunderstood. Not at all the cold hearted murders like we see in movies such as Jaws. They just want you to they just want to give you a nice toothy hug. Yeah. All right. So this next one is one that not everybody thinks of, honestly, because we kind of take it for granted. And that is dying in a car accident. The odds of dying in a car accident are only, get this, 1 in 107. Yikes. That's not good odds. I actually, I didn't know the exact numbers on this one, but I did know somewhat of it because I've always been an anxious person and something I have been told when I was, when I was actually getting on a cruise for the first time, I was terrified. And something I was told was, you're most... You're more likely to die in a car accident driving to the cruise than you would be dying on the cruise. And oddly enough, it, oddly enough, it actually helped, though. Really? <laughs> so basically, you're more likely to die just driving to work than flying across the world. Wow. And way more likely at that. I mean, 107 compared to multi-millions. Mega-millions. Yeah. Mega Crazy to think about. I mean, of course, this doesn't mean we should avoid driving altogether because that's just not practical. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Well, I have one last statistic. It's weird. But <laughs> just in case you wanted to know what your chances of getting killed by falling furniture are. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, cartoon style, the piano drops out. Mm, okay. Yeah, totally. The odds are 1 in 5,508. Hmm. Wow. Good to know. And surprisingly low. Now you can walk through a furniture <laughs> store with some peace of mind. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, everyone can sleep well tonight knowing that you're a little less likely to die. And that you'll probably never win the lottery. Oof. Yeah. Sorry about that one. <laughs> Sometimes people beat the odds, like crazy odds, and some of these stories are almost unbelievable. Not much explaining to do besides that, we'll let the stories speak for themselves, so Jaden, why don't you just start us off? Alrighty, so first up, we have a hijacking survivor. Whoa, are you serious? Yes. Ironically, this story is about a woman named Jackie. She was living her dreams after working and living in Egypt, and one day she decided to take a weekend trip to Athens, Greece. You know, it's funny to hear that that was a weekend trip, because we live so far away from that side of the world that there's no way that would happen. Yeah. I mean, the perks of living in Egypt, I guess. Anyway, on her flight home, her plane was hijacked. Then, Jackie was shot at point blank and thrown out onto the tarmac to die. She laid on the tarmac for five hours before anybody found her. Oh my word. How did anyone survive that? I have no idea, but somehow she did. Though she left with impaired vision and loss of short-term memory, she survived the whole ordeal. 
She said she has chosen to be happy and move on with her life. Good for you, Jackie. Yeah, that's really commendable. Because despite that, not only did she survive, but she has a positive outlook still. Yeah, I wonder if she'll ever fly again. I wouldn't. Forget the odds. That's scary. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, here's another good story for you. A boy named Cody was born with an incurable disease. The doctors told his parents that he wouldn't live past his first day, but he did. Despite this, at 15 months old, both of his legs were amputated. And by the time he was 18 months old, he was fitted for prosthetic legs. And this is the crazy part. In just a few days, he started walking with his new legs. Wow, that seems really fast. Is that kind of recovery normal? I don't really know anything about prosthetics. I don't think so. But uh, just like Jackie, he's super positive about his situation too. He said, these are my running legs. I run very fast in them and I bounce in them. He... Mm -hmm. He... Uh continues to say since i have different legs i can do anything oh that's so nice yeah that is nice little cody i believe he is 18 now i think wow so yeah anyway moving on uh this next story isn't necessarily anything miraculous but it is kind of heartwarming so I'm going to say this name now. Terrari Trent grew up as a young girl in Zimbabwe without even running water or electricity. She was desperate to learn all that she could, but only attended two school terms before she was forced to marry at age 11. Oh, wow. I can't even imagine what that must have been like. I'm so glad we don't have those traditions. Yeah, that would be awful. Anyway... Her life changed dramatically. But then in 1991, she met a woman from Heifer International, which is a global nonprofit working to end poverty, in case you didn't know. And Tererai told the woman that her greatest dream was to move to America and get her PhD. Oh, that's really cool. Pretty big dreams. I like that. Yes, definitely. So the woman told Tererai to write her dreams down, and she did. She wrote them on a piece of paper, put them in a tin box, and buried them under a rock. Now, fast forward to 1998, she did move to Oklahoma with her husband and five children. Three years later, she earned a bachelor's degree. In 2003, she obtained her master's, and then in 2009, she finally got her doctoral degree. Yay, she did it. Yeah, she made it all happen. Coolest part of it all, though, is after every achievement, Tererai returned home to Zimbabwe, dug up that little tin, and checked off her dreams one by one. Wow. What a success story. Good for you, Tererai. We're proud of you. All right. Looks like we're back to me again. So this story is about a woman named Angela Hernandez. A long-lost relative of yours, Noah? You know, honestly, it's very possible. My father's family is huge, so who knows? Okay, I guess we'll find out. So, back to Angela. In July 2018, she was driving near Big Sur down Highway 1, headed to Southern California in her SUV. Out jumps a small animal, and she swerved to miss it. Oh, no. See, I've been told my whole life not to swerve for anything that jumps out. Except maybe a human. But when an- little animals jump out, never swerve. Yeah. 
I was always told the same thing. Like, you can break if it's safe, but never swerve. Mm-hmm, yeah. So what happened? Especially considering she was driving an SUV. Anyway, in swerving, she shot her vehicle off the road and right off a cliff, sending Ooh. her down about 200 feet to a desolate, rocky beach. Oh my word, did she die? Well, she had a brain hemorrhage, fractured ribs, a broken collarbone, ruptured blood vessels in both eyes, and a collapsed lung. But she did not die. Holy cow. How could she even survive those injuries? I have no idea, but she did way more than I think any of us could have. <laughs> what do you mean? So, she's all beat up, right? Then she comes to, up to her knees in water by now, breaks the window with a multi-tool, climbs out, swims to the beach, and then passes out. When she comes to again, she sees she has no shoes and is obviously banged up, but she gets up and starts walking the shore for help. She uses a hose from her car to collect dripping water from moss as she walks. Up above her, she can see cars, but nobody can see or hear her, so she just walks for days. No way. How could she even do that? Surely somebody saw some signs of accident on the road, right? I guess not. Maybe there was, like, no guardrail to show any damage. Mm. Either way, a few days later, some hikers find her wrecked jeep on the beach and search for a person. They find Angela sleeping on some rocks and call for help. Eventually, rescuers use ropes to descend the cliff and get her out. In all, her ordeal lasted seven days. Whoa. What a survival story. I mean... Uh, she did so much despite her physical condition. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know if I could even swim to the shore <laughs> in those injuries. That very first step. I'd probably just cry like a baby. And die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. it's very impressive. You she must have had some sort of survival. Like maybe she was a hiker or something. She had to have some sort of True. knowledge of how to survive. Because I would go yeah. right back into, like, panic mode and just <laughs> die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like a baby now. I twisted my ankle and could barely walk. <laughs> 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 well, that's interesting. Moving on. So I don't, you know, I feel like a baby anymore. Here's another story for you. <laughs> it's about Stephen Callahan. He was... Sailing home from completing the Atlantic solo in his 6.5-meter sloop in 1981. One evening, he found himself in a bad storm, and sometime during this storm, a whale or a shark put a hole in, in his boat's hull. Whoa. Okay, so speaking of slim chances, what are the odds of that? <laughs> uh, not sure, but it happened. <laughs> and <laughs> so as his boat is sinking, he continually... Uh, dives in the ship to grab his survival gear. He ended up on a six-foot circular raft dripped, drifting helplessly. He fished with a spear gun and made water with a solar still. On day 14, he signaled a passing ship, but it just uh, passed by. After months, he drifted out of shipping lanes. By day 50, he was covered in sores from the salt water, and he was dehydrated and was sh and was sh uh, trying to patch a hole in his raft 
Sharks really have it out for him. <laughs> I know, right? And um, apparently after 76 days, some people fishing finally spotted him off the coast of Guadalupe. And just like that, he was saved. Wow. Now, I've heard how absolutely brutal it is to be on a raft adrift like that. Because there are a lot of things that could go wrong. So I am surprised that he survived for 76 days out there. Despite the hole poking sharks, the blazing sun, the lack of water, and everything else, he somehow managed to survive. <laughs> it's probably because of his training before he got on the journey in the first place. Yeah, that makes sense. He's probably prepared for something like that to happen. Although... Is anybody really prepared for a whale to rip a hole in your boat? Like, <laughs> Hey, maybe it's an elective in high school. Possibly. <laughs> I need to go to that high school. Yeah, in I wish voter, I took that one. Voter high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. I have one last story for you all. And I'm not going to even try to pronounce her last name, but it starts with a K. So, Julian K., <laughs> was flying on Lanza Flight 508 on Christmas Eve, 1971, and the plane was struck by lightning and began to disintegrate in midair. So she found herself still strapped to a seat, plummeting two miles down towards the Peruvian rainforest. That doesn't sound like a well-made plane. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I mean, it was the 70s, so who knows? what things were like back then i mean anyway. speaking of odds though like <laughs> struck by lightning and a plane crash i mean you can't yeah. have a tornado and a plane crash but what are these odds i i don't know <laughs> the odds actually get crazier as we go so anyway julianne was bruised had a broken collarbone which is very surprising that's all but she was alive and in fact, she was the only survivor. And all she had for food in this jungle was some candy. Now, eventually, she found a small stream and decided to follow it. So she just waded downriver. And I guess the insects were also really bad and pretty much just about ate her alive. I mean, like maggots even infected her arm. That is both horrifying and disgusting. Yeah, definitely. But after nine days of following the river, she found an encampment. She gave herself some rudimentary first aid, which included dousing the maggots in gasoline. A few hours later, lumber workers found her, gave her more first aid, and took her to an inhabited area where she was airlifted to a hospital. So I guess if you follow um, a river, that actually does help. And I wonder if she had any thoughts on being airlifted after a plane crash. <laughs> does seem ironic. You know, something else really interesting is that in 2000, she got a documentary called Wings of Hope, but the director of that documentary named Werner Herzog had booked a seat on the exact same plane that she was on that crashed, but he canceled at the last minute. Wow. So he was almost a victim of the same plane crash. I wonder if that inspired him to have write this movie, to direct this movie or whatever. Probably. Well, that's a crazy thought. Yes. 
I'm pretty surprised by all these stories, though. Every single one of them. I'm impressed by people's survivability. We wouldn't have been able to do most of it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> some people are good at uh, defying the odds. We aren't, but some people are. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the sad truth of it. But what do you think are the odds of there being an ad in this next break? <laughs> Okay, we've all heard a story at some point and just thought, wow, what are the odds of that happening? Maybe it even happened to you. Well, here's some su surprisingly and shockingly bizarre stories that are not our own, but you'll still find them very hard to believe. Rapid fire go. I found out my dad wasn't my biological father in the 10th grade uh, biology class. We were learning about some blood types and traits and I raised my hand and said, your chart isn't, isn't accurate. My dad has an uh my dad has A B negative and I'm O positive. And my teacher said, I think your mom has some explaining. It turns out he wasn't my father. Ooh. A horse threw me in the air when I was a child, but I wasn't riding him. He grabbed my back with his teeth and yeeted me. <laughs> <laughs> a pelican engulfed my head with its massive beak when I was a small child. <laughs> <laughs> Pelicans are scary, man. <laughs> I'm allergic to lettuce, like carry an EpiPen allergic. <laughs> Avoid salads. <laughs> My dad's name is Luigi, and his brother's name is Mario. <laughs> it's a me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't drink red Gatorade. The red dye makes me nauseous and freak out. I like my sister. My dad's first complete sentence was, The printer will kill you. <laughs> oh, man. By paper cuts? <laughs> my, <laughs> my grandfather died the same minute I was born in a different ward of the same hospital. The time on my birth certificate is the same as the one on his death certificate. Oh, man. That's rough. <laughs> I met Matt Damon a few years back. He asked if I was in a play because my face looked familiar. So I said, yes, that was me. And we exchanged a few compliments. Long story short, the first time I ever acted was when I lied to Matt Damon about being in a play. <laughs> I love how the brag is not meeting Matt Damon, but the first time she acted. <laughs> I was almost kidnapped via car when I was three. I bit my kidnappers in the face and crawled out the window with the traffic light. Wow. Do what you gotta do, I guess. <laughs> chomp, chomp. In college, I was bored, so I taught my cat tricks like a dog. I accidentally taught him how to work the TV. I came home one day to the TV on Animal Planet and the remote in his paws. <laughs> Smart cat. <laughs> cat. My grandfather was given the chance to be knighted by the queen but declined because it didn't fit with his schedule. The timing issue, my man. <laughs> on my third day in New York, the two towers fell. On my third day after visiting New Orleans, Katrina came. On the third day after leaving Nepal, the hotel was bombarded by rebels. Bro, you gotta stop going places. <laughs> <clears throat> I stopped a drunk man from entering the sailing docks at the yacht club, and it turned out he was the king of Spain. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah. 
I once literally talked someone out of murdering me. A superpower. <laughs> My minor siblings and I lived alone for three months without an adult in the house, and no one knew about it. Oh, they do now. First day, <laughs> new job. Officer manager asked me for my middle name. I ran about how much I hate it and the cruelty of my parents. She said, that's my son's name. Attempting a rescue, I say, well, it's not as bad as my brother's middle name. That's my other son's name, she said. That just gives me so much secondhand <laughs> embarrassment. <laughs> All right. I saw a motorcyclist brought into an emergency room in two ambulances. The part with the head was awake and talking. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I hope you enjoyed that brief moment of chaos. Yeah. Just remember <laughs> a reminder. None of those stories are ours. I never oh. talked someone out of murdering me. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have any minor siblings. <laughs> oh my god. Major siblings. Just a major sibling, yeah. <laughs> He's got major problems. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and we're not even going to talk about that motorcycle thing. Let's just move on. Yeah. Well, what are the odds that we're at the end of this podcast? Pretty high, actually, because here we are. Thank you all so much for listening. If you have a what are the odds moment that you'd like to share, please send it to us. And if you get the chance, we'd really appreciate it if you'd give us a rating, whether you liked it or you didn't like it. And if you leave a review, we will read, a, read it aloud on our next show. And don't forget to check out my blog. It, I upload a new one every Friday. And I just give a little more insight into the episode of the podcast with some more of my opinion. <laughs> yes, it's not half bad if I say so myself. Also, <laughs> if you have been listening for some time now, you know we're on social media. Media. We are on TikTok at the Modern Fedora Pod. I will be posting previews of the episode to come on Thursday. I post them on Wednesday, so the video for this episode is already up. And the poll that I mentioned in the last uh, video, I will, will be posting this video because I didn't know how to work them until now. I figured uh. it out. But anyway, that's on me. Um, if you don't know what poll, go back and listen to the, the previous episode. Um, and if you have any ideas for a future episode, be sure to leave it in the comment section. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to wear a fedora. I do. I mean, they're so unpredictable. I mean, the one minute you're in a storm, the next thing you know, a giant, basically death tube has consumed your town. <laughs> I'm so glad that I don't live in a tornado area. <laughs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wrote that, but it's so much more funny. <laughs> 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 Death tube. <laughs> oh man, he's got to be in the bloopers and is laughing at Death tube. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Yes. Ironically, this story is about a woman named Jackie. She was living. <laughs> she was living her <laughs> dreams, working and living. <laughs> 
<laughs> it took me a second to get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna start that over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I got an another good story for you. Well, is this a good story? I don't know. Uh... I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's a good story. Okay, okay. 